From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The conversation continues with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, let's uh, strap ourselves in. It's Monday, the 11th of December, 2023. This is TNT Radio. This is the Open Line Show, allegedly with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel, but poor old Nat has lost her voice this morning, uh, so she will not be joining us. Try and contain yourselves, folks. I know there'll be a lot of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth out there, but this show must go on. And I've been informed or confirmed that my co-host, this morning, at least up until the half hour mark, will be the wonderful Gemma Cooper, which is great because we have plenty to talk about today and plenty to get through uh, over the next hour and also, of course, into the second hour. So whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing and whatever you're doing, we hope it's nice. Uh, We hope you enjoy the next few hours. And also, of course, this is an open line show, so the lines will be open uh, from around about half past, actually, this morning and even into the second hour the lines will most likely be opened as well. So if you're listening in and you feel like giving us a call, just getting some stuff off your chest, whatever it is that you feel that you need to say or whatever points that you need to make, then you're free to do so. Uh, That's the purpose of having the lines open. Or, of course, you can leave a message in our online chat, which can be found at tntradio.live. Scroll down to the bottom of that page and there'll be a little live chat button. If you hit that, you'll be able to hop on there and leave a message. And all being well, we'll try and read it and try and uh, acknowledge it if possible. And if you have a link or a story or something that you need to say there, please, you can also feel free to do that. I'm actually looking at the live chat as per right now. Somebody left a really good quote. Uh, Jack Guzler Cliffy left a nice quote from Denzel Washington, who actually is a, a wise man. He's a wise man. I've heard him speaking uh, and he talks a lot of sense. I like what he has to say. Denzel Washington said, if you don't watch the mainstream media, you are ill-informed, according to them. And if you do watch the the mainstream media, you're misinformed, according to us. So you're either misinformed or uh, ill-informed, depending on whether or not you watch it, we hope. And believe and pray that if you're tuned into TNT Radio this morning, you're not misinformed and you certainly won't be ill-informed. Uh, we like to try and keep things fresh here. We like to try and keep things snappy and we like to try and keep things moving. So uh, shout out to uh, Wild Heather, Kevin Duckworth, Jack Guzzler, Cliffy, Chris Slater, Sparrow Jarrow, Molly Bites, Lisa, Phil, a uh, lot of people in the live chat here this morning. So uh, let's have a blast. Uh, let's make it like it was back in the day when TNT kicked off and I was riding for, you know, up to four hours at a time on my little horse through the wilderness. And you people uh, helped me, aided me and abetted me on my journey with your fantastic comments in the live chat. Uh, just a quick story to kick us off here this morning. Uh, the retirement of the Queensland so-called Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. We saw her just before the show started here this morning. There was a news clip there. She was she was crying. She was shedding tears. She was extremely emotional. Yeah, uh, crocodile tears, I would say. Uh, Malcolm Roberts has put a comment up this morning on his social media platform on X. He said, royal commissions don't care uh, whether you've retired, Anastasia Palaszczuk, as the last of the COVID premiers retires, we will keep fighting to hold all of them accountable 
for their abuses of human rights. And of course, he's referring to some of the worst, longest lasting, most hardcore lockdowns on the face of planet Earth happened uh, in Australia during the, the scandemic years, most notably in Victoria under the premiership of uh, Dan Andrews and of course, Western Australia under the premiership of then uh, Premier Mr. Mark McGowan. So a lot of people still very sore after that. A lot of people's lives were destroyed. A lot of people, you know, they lost their minds. They lost their jobs. Some of them lost their houses. They lost a lot because they wouldn't succumb to these uh, mandates and they weren't allowed to go out and work without their jobs. I'm thinking about teachers. I'm thinking about police. I'm thinking about fire brigade. I'm thinking about all sorts of nurses, some doctors. It, 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 the list goes on and on and on. So uh, Malcolm's still pushing for that royal commission. Polishay has now exited stage left. All the COVID uh, premiers are gone. So maybe they think they'll ride off into the sunset and uh, they will not be accountable. But uh, if Malcolm and uh, Jared Rennick and uh, all those other guys that are pushing for the commission in the Australian Senate have anything to go by, they can run, but they can't hide. So that's just all by way of introduction. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short clip here on TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, this whole business of, uh, you know, leaders, so-called leaders during the scandemic years, we're seeing them start to slip away now. We saw Jacinda Ardern retire, Scott Morrison, who was the Prime Minister of Australia during the COVID years, he has gone as well. Uh, various people, the Italian Prime Minister, uh, Draghi, has gone and been replaced by Maloney. Now all these Australian premiers, so-called premiers of all quit. Do they think maybe that if they keep a low profile, uh, that they'll get off with whatever's coming down the line or not have to give accountability? Do you think that's part of the strategy, why they're all going now? Yeah, absolutely, Rick. Just as you were talking there, I thought, you know, the orchestration of politics and everything being done in lockstep there in Australia, the final one has gone, uh, you know, sailing off into a beautiful Australian sunset. Uh, the narrative changes into something else, you know, a distraction technique. Oh, look over there, this is happening. And everybody conveniently forgets about the horrors that were perpetrated on us since 2020 and what we did and what we were told to do and the threats that accompanied the, if you don't do what you're told, you're serious, you know, you lose your job, you lose everything. Um, I do think it's exactly what you said. They slip off into the sunset. They get some globalist position in a few weeks' time. In fact, Dean Mackin was talking about this earlier on TNT. It's, it's exactly the same in every single country. Um, and the, unfortunately, because of the nature of news and the way we consume things now in such a fragmented way, there are so many different outlets that people go to for information. People don't pay attention on one particular thing anymore. And people have got very, very short memories as a result of social media because you we have become like goldfish. Our attention spans are much, much shorter than they used to be. So we forget. People forget, you know, and, and you can endure scandal after scandal in our culture and still bounce back because people forget and they're so entranced with what they see, not what is really going on. So yeah, they're all going away, hoping we'll forget, but uh, here at TNT, we'll never forget. And uh, no. if it comes back, we'll show them that as well. 
Yeah, and the other thing is uh, the, the the category or the group of people that I think um, are, are most in danger of being forgotten about are certainly brushed over those people that were horribly injured or lost loved ones through, um, you know, vaccine injuries. You know, they took the jab in good faith. Some people did, some people didn't. Now they've left, been left horribly injured, maybe unable to work. And of course, they're now chasing uh, for compensation through the courts or trying to take uh, big pharma companies to court for that. But, you know, there's nothing I believe that the government would like more than for those people they just real throw the hat in, you know, and just say, look, there's no way we're going to take on big pharma. It's a David and Goliath thing. But uh, there's a lot of very um, persistent people out there, of course, whose lives have been destroyed. And I don't think they're going to just roll over and accept that. So, yes, point taken on that one. Now, speaking of people, uh, you know, who never really went too far away from the, the media limelight, uh, you have a story here this morning concerning uh, a dream ticket, <laughs> a political dream ticket for some, certainly. It may be a dream for others. It's the stuff of uh, living nightmares. Uh, what have you got for us here this morning? Well, this is this is broken this morning here in the UK, and it's trending as we speak. And it's a development on on what I was talking about earlier with Dean Mackin uh, on the on the UK. What is effectively the UK breakfast show, but an afternoon show in Australia? But I was saying with him that uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, if he loses his. Uh, Rwanda vote tomorrow where he's hoping that MPs will wait with him to overturn the legislation laid down by the courts that they can actually now lawfully send asylum seekers to Rwanda. He needs to win that vote. And if he doesn't, he is facing a leadership challenge and we could be looking at a snap general election. Uh, following on from that story this morning, which I discussed a few hours ago, it's such a crunch time for Sunak that now we're looking at headlines here today in the UK that Boris Johnson could be brought back uh, as the as the new leader. Now we're talking about people having short memories. Bloody hell. I'm sorry to swear, but think about what he inflicted upon us. Lockdowns, you know, he, he even announced a lockdown on Halloween. That's how satanic these people are. And they're talking about bringing him back. I really hope people don't have memories that are that short that they will take this. They're also talking about bringing Nigel Farage in as his right-hand man. So it sounds like there are plans afoot here. Um, and that is following on. This is where we are with our culture, you see. It's following on from his success in the in the television show here in the uk i'm a celebrity get me out of here where they've all been ensconced in the australian jungle and last night the winner was announced and farage was on tip to maybe win he came third so the tory party here are obviously looking at the success of him on this very very popular show here in the uk the cult of celebrity they're thinking mm, let's bring him in let's bring johnson back we'll oust sunak if the vote doesn't go our way and we'll have this dream conservative Tory ticket. It's just an illustration. I got no hat in the political arena. I'm just watching from the sidelines because it's a game. It's 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 pantomime. It's celebrity. And I, I'm fond of saying here, when I used to work in the mainstream media, I worked a lot on uh, political shows. I used to see politicians coming into the studio. And a colleague of mine took me aside one day and he said, you've got to remember with politics, Jem, it's just for people who aren't good looking enough to become actors and real celebrities. That's all it is. It's all it is. It's ego all the way. And this just shows this. Uh, one conservative, leading conservative, who is allegedly behind this, there's no one named, but there is a plan afoot. He says, look, it's simple. Johnson wins elections. That's it. That's all we care about. He wins elections. Uh, forget the policies. <laughs> you know, he's a good campaigner, allegedly. That's what they're saying this morning. He's a good campaigner. He's all showbiz. You remember Brexit. He drove that um, tractor through the wall. Get Brexit done. It's all showbiz. It's all smoke and mirrors. But unfortunately, if it happens, it's very real. And look at what he did to us uh, since 2020 over the COVID years. Look at what they imposed on us. D does anybody want him back apart from the Tory party? I don't know. I don't know. But those are the headlines doing the rounds this morning here in the UK.
Yeah, Boris Johnson as well. You know, his full name, I believe, is Alexander Boris DeFethel Johnson. Uh, so he uses his technically his first name is Alexander, and apparently he's referred to uh, by his first name by many people in his inner circle. He uses the name Boris, his, one of his other names, because it uh, conjures up a little bit of a buffoon-ish type image, which, of course, Gemma, uh, he's been busy cultivating throughout his entire political career. And yes, this man is now uh, on the fringes again, but it's also worth uh, noting, and I suppose give him his credit, that he is the last actual elected Prime Minister uh, of the UK. So, of course, we know his replacement, who was Liz Trust, was not elected. And, of course, her replacement, which is Rishi Sunak, is not elected. And even David Cameron, an ex-PM, is now back in the Cabinet again, had to be given a peerage, had to be made uh, a Lord by King Charles III for him to be able to step into the Cabinet now too. So it is becoming... Uh, very farcical at the moment. Some people would say it's always been farcical in the UK government, but this is taking it to a new step, don't you think, where literally you have three people, at least two people, sitting in the cabinet now who are, haven't even been elected, uh, but there they are helping to shape policy and uh, run the country. Some may say run it into the ground. Well, it's interesting there you talk about unelected people being put in that position because part of this plan, there's a lot been leaked this morning, so there obviously is a plan. Another part of the plan is that Priti Patel, the ousted former oh. Home Secretary, will be brought in and installed as a caretaker Prime Minister, while Boris Johnson can win a safe Tory seat, which would enable him then to, to come in as PM. So she wouldn't have been elected either. She'll just be planted in there as caretaker Prime Minister until they can get what they want, the Tory party and all the Tory party backers. This is what this is about. This is about the people who fund the Conservative Party. They're the ones that hold the real power. So, yet again, Rick, you're quite right. Another unelected person will just be in charge of us. What is it when you have unelected leaders? Is that not a dictatorship? I, you know, this is where we're going. I would argue yeah. it's always been like this, but I think we're seeing it much more clearly now. Pretty Patel, imagine that if she makes a comeback as well. She, of course, was one of uh, Johnson's closest cronies. And I, if memory serves me correctly, she had a, a bullying, a several bullying cases brought against her. And it came down to Johnson to make the decision whether or not she would be disciplined or not. And I think he used some kind of prime ministerial privilege to say, I have the final say in this. She's learned her lesson. Uh, the Pritster. I think he referred to her as the Pritster, I kid you not, uh, managed to hang on to her job for at least a period of time after that before she obviously settled off. But it wouldn't surprise me, Gemma, it wouldn't surprise me to see her coming back into the mix again. She was a very uh, formidable presence, certainly uh, as one of the faces in uh, Johnson's cabinet. And of course, in a, in a game like politics, they need to keep people around them that they feel they can depend on, you know, for votes. If there's, uh, you know, any question about their leadership, they need to have people on side that can support them. So I wouldn't be surprised if Johnson comes back into the mix that uh, the Pritster uh, gets another seat at uh, the cabinet, whether or not she's uh, elected or not. Uh, she'll be there, no doubt about it. And uh, I think she likes the limelight too. So interesting uh, development, that one. Uh, uh, the Farage Johnson dream ticket for some hell ticket for others. I suppose like everything else, it remains to be seen with the passage of time. I've got to take a little uh, break as per right now. Gemma's going to stay with me until the half hour mark. After that, uh, we're going to throw the lines open. And of course, I'll be checking in on your chat. Uh, and you guys can keep me company as you always do until the top of the hour here exclusively on TNT Radio.
TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I... If I I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Take us back in time and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at Salem now. Plug in. Website. TNTradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Okay, it's Monday, the 11th of December, 2023. Can't believe it. It's only uh, two weeks, is it? 
two weeks to Christmas today, uh, two weeks to Christmas today. So hopefully your planning and your preparation is going well for that. Or if you've got any sense, you'll keep it simple. Uh, you know, don't waste money that you don't have buying gifts for people that you don't really like. And when they get them, they simply go in a drawer for the next 12 months or do what I did, take all those unwanted gifts from last year wrap them up and then give them to other people. This year, you'll save yourself an awful lot of money and time and hassle. Not that I get a lot of gifts these days, but I'm not complaining because I don't give many gifts out either. So uh, I'm going to be joined until the top of the hour now by Gemma, which is fantastic. We have a lot to talk about, Gemma. Uh, there's a story that we had highlighted to talk about here. We'll certainly uh, analyze this one. Uh, it's to do with uh, the so-called town square. The people have spoken on the X platform. Old Musk has decided to play God and reinstate Alex Jones back onto the Twitter platform. For those that use it, this will be an interesting development. For those that don't use it, it's not going to make a great deal of difference. The point that I'm looking at on this one is this whole business where Musk says, I will let the people decide and then I will execute the wishes of the people. Do you think he fancies himself as a modern day Julius Caesar? Could you see him in the Colosseum at Rome watching the gladiators waiting to stick his thumbs up or his thumbs down and decide the fate of the men in that battle arena, which is effectively what he's done with old Alex Jones here. What's your take on this one this morning? Yeah, I think that's a very good analogy, actually. I think that a lot of the these very, very rich billionaires see themselves as exactly that, you know, in charge of many people's fates and many people's downfalls or successes, you know, and power is an amazing thing and it's very easy to get carried away. It corrupts absolutely and people get drunk on it. And I think, you know, this is what has happened here in a sense. I mean, he swore he'd never have him back and suddenly he's back. Interestingly, he's back after doing what was a very successful interview with Tucker Carlson. I think Elon Musk, you know, he's well, a lot of people think a lot of things about Musk, but above all, he's a businessman. And he saw mm -hmm. what was trending. He saw what was successful. He thought, oh, this is it's garnering a lot of support. And he's he's got a platform to to sell. He's run into trouble with advertisers. Um, and this will bring in the numbers. It's as simple as that. I had a look at it. I mean, I did something I swore I never would do on Friday. And I think you know what I'm going to say because I put a message in our little group chat about it. So if Mike Ryan and Jenny, the bosses at TNT are listening, I'm going to tell you now, Mike, I did something for you that I've done for no man ever. I did something for you I've done for no man in the past and now I'll do never again, right? I've joined social media. I've joined X. I thought I'm going to have to go and have a look and gauge what is going on in terms of, you know, we're TNT, today's news talk. It's not enough to just look at the mainstream things. You've got to look at social media. So mm -hmm. I went on it. I came out feeling exceptionally grubby, but I, I'm on it, Mike. I'm on it. And I did it for you. So there we go. That's your Christmas present from me. So I went on it this morning here in the UK and I um, had a look at the, uh, the reaction this has garnered and it's extremely divisive. Some people saying, what the hell are you doing bringing this guy back? And a lot, and the, and the other 50% saying, brilliant, this is free speech. It's, a, it's, the, it's, the, it's the point is, as we're always saying here on TNT, you might not like the man, you might not like what he's saying or has said, especially about Sandy Hook, but give him the right to say it if you're truly into free speech. So it's massively divisive. It's generated a lot of headlines. Everyone's talking about it. It's trending. And I think that's what Musk wanted above all else.
Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no such thing as they say uh, as bad publicity. And of course, Musk, as you rightly pointed out, I think people do say to the fact that predominantly above everything else, you know, he's out to make money. Uh, he's not doing this for the good of his health. He's not doing the projects that he's doing for the good of his health. Some people believe, myself included, there's a more sinister element to some of the things that he does, because at the end of the day, he's a defense contractor for the United States government. So you have to take that uh, with a healthy uh, dose of cynicism as well. But the bottom line is, yeah, this controversial character's back. People are talking about him. It's like this. Uh, I didn't miss him when he wasn't there, and I won't be following now he's back. But, you know, if it makes some people happy and it means that they can go to him now and hear what this guy has to say, then well and good. But personally speaking, and he also highlighted a good point there too, the social media side of things, uh, I am a, a begrudging user of it as well. I don't use it anywhere close to the way that I used to but I'll have to give props if it wasn't for the X platform and me putting little videos up there, uh, I wouldn't be on TNT today. And there I said, I wouldn't be talking to you today, wouldn't be talking to Darren Denslow and so many other things. So you can use the platform to make it suit you. And there are some very, very good sources uh, alternate media sources out there. And after the show, I'll send you through uh, some names of accounts uh, that would be worth your while following, ones that I uh, get a lot of information from, very good independently resourced pieces on geopolitical events. So you can cut with all the fluff and cut with all the faffing and all the BS on there and just get straight to what's important because those are really the only type of accounts uh, that I actually follow on that platform now myself. But yeah, interesting. Uh, that he comes back at this time. Tucker Carlson, of course, he's transitioned onto the X platform from Fox News and the, the numbers that he's doing on there, Gemma, are absolutely astronomical. So there's obviously an audience for it. The question is, uh, well, is it sustainable and will it be profitable? I think that is what Musk must be looking at. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that that is the case. It's numbers, isn't it? It's audience figures. It's like where everybody in media, whether it's lamestream, legacy, uh, alternative, new, which is what I like to call us here at TNT, or social, everyone is, is wants a slice of the pie, and the pie slices are getting increasingly slimmer and slimmer and slimmer because so many people have set up their own platforms away from major things like TNT, uh, away from things like X. You know that you've got these little independent podcasters, or you've got celebrity podcasters. As you know, look at Russell Brand and the success that his YouTube channel in the UK has garnered with millions of followers, which is why he's over the target and he's being accused of all these these historic sex crimes. And you know, that are only coming out this year. Why, you know, if they're so serious, why weren't they dealt with years ago? So it's all, you know, everybody wants that audience. Everybody is chasing it. TNT included, or we're very lucky, our audience is growing all the time as people migrate from those platforms to us. But yeah, Musk is he 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 plays the good game, but he's as worried about as anyone about his, his advertising, about his numbers. He wants a successful platform. He's a narcissist. It's wrapped up in ego. And I think this this move of bringing Alex Jones back is uh, it, it, to be expected, absolutely, after last week's interview with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, so uh, like everything else, interesting developments that are happening there too. There's one thing that can never be said, that there's dull moments at the moment in world history. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate or unfortunate to be living through them at the minute, depending on what your perspective is on that. So we're going to take a quick pause right now. Uh, Gem and I will be back after this short news headline, so please don't go away. Uh, stay tuned for more here on TNT Radio. Check this out. Now, TNT Radio News. Can you say News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Another pandemic leader has fallen in Australia. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk throwing in the towel on Sunday. Our best days are well and truly ahead of us. After being kicked off Twitter nearly five years ago, Alex Jones has had his account reinstated. 
Washington's triggered outrage after being the only member of the UN Security Council to vote down calls for a ceasefire in Gaza again. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's heading back to the White House. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Okay, we are halfway through the show as per right now, which is Monday the 11th of December 2023. This is Open Line. I'm Rick Munn. Gemma Cooper is with me in TNT Towers this morning. We're just having a look over uh, some of the things that are breaking here or have been breaking over the weekend before we get into another story. Uh, just a shout out, of course, to the lovely people in the live chat. Uh, Robin Hoyle. I believe it's your birthday today. So a very big happy birthday to you, Robert Hoyle. My apologies. I used to work with a guy called Robin Hall. Robert Hall, TNT Live Chat. He said, hey, Rick, it's my birthday. Got a book from the wife called Dark Eon. Uh, didn't you speak with Joe Allen about that book? I did indeed. Uh, Joe Allen is a great guy. And uh, I have a copy of that book too. He sent me a, a copy of that book with a lovely inscription on the inside of it. So yes, a fantastic book for anyone uh, that wants to um, familiarize themselves with the transhumanist agenda and what may be in store for us down the line from a phenomenally researched point of view, I would strongly encourage anyone to pick up a copy of Dark Eon by Joe Allen. You can get that off Amazon or any other uh, online retailer. So yes, and hop, hop, happy birthday to you as well. Uh, Robert uh, Red said, I don't think Rick and Gemma support the Israel position. You know, what position are you talking about? If it's a, if it's defending themselves from attack, yes, I do. If it's committing genocide on innocent people, no, I don't. Like every country in the world, I believe every country has a right to defend themselves from attacks from anybody, but they don't have uh, the right to go into other countries and indiscriminately kill uh, or commit genocide. So, and that applies to every country on earth, including the country in which I live, uh, which is Ireland at the moment. And I'm sure uh, maybe Gemma thinks the same way. I don't know. Do you want to throw something in there, Gemma? I don't want to speak on your behalf, but is that a fair summary? You know, uh, don't kill people indiscriminately and protect yourself if you need to protect yourself. Yeah, and also I think it's worth making the point that not all Palestinian people are Hamas, and that seems to be mm. a, a broadly kind of adopted approach. And you know, the level of, of uh, fatalities of innocent people is, you know, I just support people not dying, and I don't want to paraphrase Trump mm -hmm. there because that's what he said. But I never thought I'd find myself mm. agreeing with Donald Trump. But um, you know, it, 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 so many people are, are calling for ceasefire. There was another UN vote, obviously last Friday. The, the tide is not turning, but it's, it, people are being made much more aware of the number of civilian ca casualties. And that's what most people I think uh, are, are against. Yeah, yeah, so that's it basically. And listen, everyone has the right to an opinion on this. And what I'm seeing is quite ironically, for a long, long time, we have, we have stood up for the right for people to express themselves no matter what their views are. And then not just with this issue, but with several other issues that have bubbled up this year, it's like, well, okay, if you don't agree with me, then we can't talk anymore. If you don't agree with me, we'll have to fall out. If you don't agree with me, then you must be some kind of controlled opposition or government shill or whatnot. Maybe, 
How's that about this for a concept? Maybe they just have a different opinion than you in something. And is it really something worth falling out over anyway? I don't know. If that's the case with you, make your own independent uh, decision on that one and act accordingly. But I do think, I do think uh, there's so many people are tying themselves up in knots, not about this issue in particular, but about controlled opposition, this and government shield that. And are they on our side or they not? Listen, focus on your own life because that's what you can control to a greater or a lesser degree. Focus on what goes on inside your home, what goes on inside your head, what goes on inside your heart, because you really don't have any influence whatsoever over the events that are happening on the world stage at this time. And as I'm spending more time doing this job and also having spent you know three years building up a presence online, I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of futility and a lot of wasted time and effort out there, but there's also a lot of good that's being done and it's up to you to decipher uh, which one is which. So Gemma, I wanna move on to another story here. Uh, here we have another head that's appeared uh, from out of the woodwork again, Baroness. Baroness Michelle Monet sounds very exotic, doesn't she? Uh, she admits making a mistake in denying links to a PPE firm awarded a huge COVID pandemic contract. So if you don't know about this, uh, Baroness Michelle Monet says the public perception of her is that she's a horrible person. She's a liar. She's a cheat and she's a thief and her and her husband just can't take it anymore. Well, listen, Michelle, if you're listening in, believe me, I've been called a lot worse than a liar, a cheat, and a thief. Believe you me, by, for an awful long time, by an awful lot of people, and I don't have your hundreds of millions in the bank. So trust me, if I can deal with that, you can deal with that as well. She's starting to uh, kick up and play the maybe I can't take this anymore card, Gemma, because she knows she's maybe going to be scrutinized and potentially prosecuted for this. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, if she thinks she's like, I can't take this anymore, well, you shouldn't have done it, should you? You shouldn't mm. have done it because you got found out. It's as simple as that. I mean, but I think she denied it until it was so obvious that she couldn't. It was because one of the directors or secretaries of her business resigned that to then become the the chief executive or something like that, something like that of the, the PPI, PPE company. Um, and it was so obvious that it was she, and he was arranging kickbacks and money to go into trust from the profit of that uh, trust for her kids, um, all the money that was garnered from that multi-million pound contract. So yeah, she got caught. I mean, shut up, lady, please. Just don't make it any worse for yourself than it already is. She is going to be investigated. I think she is being investigated, actually. Yeah. Um, and obviously, for breaches of all sorts of things, she's in the House of Lords. Um, just be quiet. You know, take advantage mm. of the fact that people have got short memories and let it blow over. Um, but railing against it and 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 crying and saying, "Oh, it's oh so awful," has all the realms of chief narcissist written all over mm. it because that's what narcissists do. They blame everybody else. They say, "Oh, it's awful. I'm a victim." No, 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 no. You created this one, and you're going to have to deal with the consequences. But I mean, if I was our, her PR advisor, I'd be like, "Look, we'll just lie low. Go on holiday to one of your many properties around the world. Keep the door shut. Don't answer the phone, and we'll just wait for." this all to go away but no 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 she's she's made it a million times worse for herself but you know people in positions of power like that and she was a very successful businesswoman uh, you don't get there by being a shy retiring wallflower or being a generally nice person a lot of the time you get there by being pretty bloody ruthless and wanting things your own way and i think she's just been found out hasn't she nobody likes that 
No, she's been rumbled, yes. So now she's playing the victim card, as you rightly say. Uh, she is actually being investigated by the National Crime Agency. Sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? Uh, following a silence that lasted almost two years, uh, Michelle, who's famous for uh, selling Ultimo bras for women, and probably some men out there as well too, uh, has taken part in a YouTube documentary funded by the same company, which is the company in question here, by the way, is called PPE Med Pro. And it's also worth noting here that the size of this contract was astronomical. It was 200 million pounds back in 2020. Uh, there was a so-called VIP lane back then, allowing politicians and officials to send private offers of PPE to the government. But Baroness Michelle said she, the first she knew of it was when she read about it. Okay, right, okay. So she said she picked up a tabloid one morning, she read about this and then she jumped on the ball. She set up PPE Med Pro and just happened to land herself a fifth of a billion pound contract uh, with the British government. So uh, she also said uh, she was not connected in any way with PPE Med Pro and lawyers for her husband a chap called Mr. Barrowman uh, also denied his involvement, saying he never had any role or function in PPE Med Pro. So if they never had any role or function in it and there's nothing to do with them, then how are they linked in with that company and why are they being investigated by the National Crime Agency? I don't know, Gemma, but I wouldn't like to get a letter this morning with you saying that you were under investigation by the National Crime Agency. Maybe that's why she's weeping and wailing and gnashing those teeth of hers. Uh, maybe this is actually quite serious and she could actually get prosecuted. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And, um, you know, she's obviously been reading as this it becomes a more wider issue and being reported more um, in the mainstream, lamestream. They are actually doing their job with this one. She's actually coming in for, for the flack. And I think that's what she doesn't like more than anything else. She'll have a very good team of lawyers who will try and, you know, wriggle it, wriggle out of it and say, you know, it was a former employee that went to, to, to work for the PPE company. And yes, but the money was in trust and it was for her children. You know, she'll distance herself from it as much as she can. But I think it's an illustration of the of the corruption that happened in 2020 onwards with the awarding of PPE contracts. I mean, didn't Matt Hancock award a massive contract mm -hmm. to his former pub landlord? His former mm -hmm. pub landlord who had no expertise in any area of medical prowess whatsoever. He got a huge contract for, I'm pretty sure it was PPE. And we had obviously um, Baroness Dido Harding, who's the wife of a, a conservative MP who's not far from me, John um, Don Penrose in uh, Western Supermare. She she's his wife, she's a Baroness, and she was awarded the contract for Track and Trace, which is an unmitigated disaster. So Michelle Monet, Michelle Moan, however you pronounce her name, she's not a one-off. You know, this was widespread corruption and, and cronyism on a huge scale. Um, she's not the only person I think that needs to be held to account. Um, there have been inquiries, haven't there, into track and trace. No, it didn't really work very well. But inquiries, as we know, are toothless. But in the meantime, was it 14 million or something? More than that, you know, millions of taxpayers' money were given for track and trace. And that was a failure too. So, you know, the corruption ran amok, didn't it? And eyebrows don't seem to be raised. And talk about holding people to account and politicians disappearing off into the sunset. This is another area of it's not just the Baroness, it's other people need to be held to account for the failures and the amount of public money that was thrown at these contracts during the scandemic. Um, I'm having a laugh here when you said about her name, is it Michelle Moan or is it Michelle Monet? Well, I would imagine she would prefer to be addressed as Monet. She reminds me of that name. You remember keeping up appearances, they had hyacinth bucket on there, but she preferred to be called Bouquet. So I would imagine it probably is Moan, but I would imagine our Baroness would be 
preferred uh, the, the posher version, which is Monet. So anyway, uh, moan it is to us, Monet it is to her cronies, of which we are not one of said category. So we've got to take a quick uh, ad break. As per right now, Gem and I will be back after this short break. So please don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Enough. We are sick and tired of breathless headlines like Senator Josh Hawley goes off after FBI Director Christopher Wray admits no one is being fired for targeting Catholics. And Ted Cruz hammers FBI Director Christopher Wray for sitting blithely by as FBI is weaponized. And Senator Mike Lee, FBI Director Christopher Wray, you have a lot of gall, sir. This is disgraceful. Uh, I'm going to write a sternly worded letter to the editor. I mean, come on, we understand that Republicans in the Senate have very little power, them being in the minority at the moment, but we need more than breathless headlines. We need more than investigations in the House. We need more than subpoenas. So-and-so's been subpoenaed, so what? They thumb their noses at us. You cannot run in 2025 based on we're not Joe Biden, because guess what? It's probably not gonna be Joe Biden. Probably going to be Kamala or Gruesome Newsome or somebody else. So articulate a plan for the country. How are you going to fix this government so that it is never weaponized against the American people ever again? From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, uh, normal Natalie is not with us this morning, but uh, I suppose normal Gemma is. That's actually quite an offensive. I would rather be called crazy than normal. Would you not, Gemma? Would you not be rather labeled crazy than a normal person? No one's ever called me normal. Wherever I've worked, right, anywhere, it's always been, God, you're a bit mad, aren't you? And I'm like, am I? I don't think I am. I think the rest of the world is mad. But, you know, I've always people say, oh, you're crazy, Coops. You're loads of fun, but you're crazy. So, yeah, I'm definitely firmly on the side of crazy, crazy, crazy. That's me. Good. That's good because the last thing we need is more normal type people in the world. And don't get me wrong, not everybody has to be an extrovert or, you know, opinionated or outspoken or a, a mouthpiece like me. But you know what? It's nice when people do actually step up to the plate and make their uh, opinions and voices heard, especially 
in these times in which we live because there's one thing that will get us into uh, the abyss quicker than anything and it's silence from the masses and also mass uh, compliance with what is being thrust upon us so we're trying to encourage people not to be like that here i don't think our live chat people or our listeners need any encouragement but nonetheless just in case understand your voice is important and your voice needs to be heard. So I have another uh, story here this morning. Gemma, this is a chap who definitely wants his voice to be heard, uh, a man by the name of Chris Bowen, uh, who is Australia's climate change minister. He says an agreement on global fossil fuel phase-out is central to Australia's renewable energy plans. And of course, this is all happening as we speak. Uh, the COP28 conference is just about wrapping itself up. They basically have a name, Gemma, they've put a number on this. They want to keep a one and a half degrees Celsius of global warming target, no more than that, alive as he names Saudi Arabia as a block to the agreement. So just in a nutshell, uh, Bowen has said the most important issue at the conference was reaching agreement that kept the global limit of heating to 1.5 Celsius. Uh, it came as representatives from nearly all countries uh let's see what they're saying yeah representatives from nearly all countries at the two-week summit waited anxiously on the president of the cop sultan al jabber to release the proposed text of agreement so they're all over there at the minute i think most countries have realized that this uh the figures that they originally bandied about are quite frankly unachievable they're going to drive people into complete misery so they're kicking the can a little bit further down the road with this but in his words he needs to keep the dream alive this one and a half degrees celsius of target alive he's talking about countries being flooded people millions of people losing their lives if we don't hit this target you know are they grasping at straws with this uh, climate change thing. I don't think it's bedded in the way people, uh, they were expecting it to with many, many people. And people are influenced by their pockets, Gemma, not by the environment. You know, if this is costing you money and putting you out of house and home and crushing your standard of living, I think people will adopt the mentality to hell with saving the planet 500 years from now. We need to eat and feed ourselves and drive our cars today. Yeah, and I think we're, I, what the most important message that's come out of COP28 is the number of oil deals that were being done, wasn't it? And the amount of people saying, actually, you know, we need to protect fossil fuels. And, and it, the message seems to have got quite skewed pretty much from the start. And uh, it was a place where deals were done and not where, you know, the, the kind of agenda setting and the narrative setting was kind of bedded in. It's, it's had the opposite effect. And I think it's been regarded as something of widely as a bit of a joke, really. So to try and kind of use this last few day or hours as this last gasp, but we must do this because this might happen. I mean, we're back into the world of projections and modeling, aren't we? This might happen. This might be flooded. If we look at this computer model, if we look at this data, you know, since the 1990s, we've been doing that. And none of those predictions have pretty much come true, including the one that I've parroted out here on TNT many times. In the 1990s, Neil Ferguson and Imperial College London modeled some data that said that my sleepy North Somerset town would be underwater by 2020. Lo and behold, I'm still talking to you now and everything is absolutely fine. I can see the coastline from my window and it's what it's as it ever was you know nothing has changed at all so yeah that is scaremongering with data and projections but i think the gift of the last few years is that people are less inclined to believe data and projections anymore um so i think this is a lone voice um there is a phrase in the uk isn't there urinating in the wind to put it politely yeah. that's what this sounds like to me 
And follow it. We did a story about uh, public urination last week, which was uh, uh, one of our highlights ever on uh, the Open Line show. And yes, a little tip if you are going to urinate into the wind, make sure the wind is at your back, not facing it uh, whenever you embark on such actions. Of course, that's a little bit of uh, common sense there. But this whole business as well, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not against uh, solar but in fact i'm looking out my window right now and i'm looking at house after house with solar panels on the roof that's fine if you want to you know store up a little bit of electricity maybe provide for yourself if the grid goes down or people using renewables or recycling i have no problem with it whatsoever i think the problem Gemma, comes whenever the governments are trying to force everybody to adopt that mindset everybody to get rid of wood burning stoves everybody to have smart meters fitted everybody to tow the green line i think whenever your choice to do that is removed i think that's what the real sticking point is because like what what problem should i have if people across the street want to slap solar panels on the roof or you know drive an electric car that's their business but i just don't think it should be made to be my business i think that's where the sticking point with all of this is the forced acceptance of these green new deals which many people simply don't want and of course, towing the green line, as uh, you've rightly alluded to there, what towing the green line means is it's either fiscal or it's technological. So you either you either have a smart meter and an electric car or you pay to drive into certain areas if you can afford it or you pay, um, you know, to exit your 15 minute city. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that's the that's the green a- agenda. That's what towing it means. So, of course, they want everybody to do it because it's restriction of movement and it's a huge money making scheme. That mm-hmm. is the green agenda. It is an agenda. Um, so yeah, people don't want to do that. People don't like to be told uh, what to do ever in life. You know, once you're an adult, you really resent actually being told what to do. So it is being thrust upon us from a great height. They are losing the battle with this one, I think. I really, really do. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I subscribe in the UK to a um, a walking magazine. It's a beautiful magazine and it's got lovely walks in it. You, you love nature, Rick. You like getting out. One of the mm-hmm. columnists in there has started to attack people like us who who are against 15 minute cities and it's really kind of he's using his column to um, make a political point or to to denigrate people like us saying we talk nonsense and we wear tin four hats so that shows in a walking magazine one of the columnists in that he's a very well-respected BBC broadcaster, actually. But that's how riled they are with this. They have to come after us at every single avenue now. Once you start standing up to these agendas, once you start calling out these agendas, everywhere people are really defensive and really like saying, no, 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 you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong. But there's a lot of us now supposedly in the wrong. We really are getting the establishment riled. We are, and there was a there was a there was an interview I saw maybe a month ago with uh, you know the WEF were having a, a, a get together, and one of their spokeswomen said uh, with the COVID vaccine narrative, it seems to have died in the water. They're not having the uptake there because of people like us. In their words, sores of mis and disinformation. The climate change thing, she said, is a little bit too complex for people to fully grasp, as in the average lay person on the street who just simply blindly goes along with the ring. It's too confusing for them. It's not really bending down. And then they mentioned a water crisis. And they said there will be a water crisis coming and people will simply understand that because if you have no water, for a period of a few days, you're going to know all about it. So I think they could be thinking about reverting to plan C if this uh, climate change nonsense doesn't really bed in the way that I think they wanted it to. And like everything else, I'm sure they have other cards up their sleeves they'll use to coerce and control us, but uh, time will tell with that one as well. So we'll move on, uh, cover maybe this one last story before the top of the hour. Isn't it amazing? Uh, 
uh, how time flies when you're having fun on here. We've only got six minutes of the show left, uh, but it's all good. Uh, we're enjoying it here. And thank you for all your lovely messages in the live chat as well. I'll try and catch up with a few of them after the news at the top of the hour. Uh, Oxfam, uh, there was talk of a strike within Oxfam. Uh, it hasn't went ahead. Their first ever strike has been suspended after the charity offers an improved pay deal. So there was uh, talk of a strike 14th, 15th, 16th and 17th of December. Uh, it has now been postponed while members vote on a deal. So if that had went ahead, Gemma, it would have been their first strike in 81 years. Uh, charity offered an improved pay deal to the Unite Union. Interesting this, uh, I understand if people feel that they're being underpaid or they're not being appreciated, you know, they, they have the right take strike action if they're involved with unions. I get it. But interesting that this is the first strike that they've proposed in 81 years when you think they've went through, you know, two world wars or at least one world war during the last 81 odd years. And of course, periods of real uh, hardship back in the late 40s and into the 50s as well. But now at this point in time, is it a sign of the times to quote the purple one uh, that Oxfam even are proposing strikes at this point in time? Well, I'm not um, au fait with the details on this story, but you probably mm. are. But is it is it relating to uh, UK workers who like manage the shops and work in the warehouses, or is it uh, applicable to um, a foreign aid st staff working overseas? You know, for Oxfam in, working in aid projects, or is it just UK kind of retail? It's UK. So basically, hundreds of Oxfam workers uh, began 17 days of strike action last Friday and Saturday. It says here with Unite saying the strike of almost 500 workers would affect offices and 200 Oxfam shops. So by the looks of it here, uh, it's contained within the administrative section and the shop sections within the UK, around about 500 people. And they want to say here that if the pay offer is actually rejected, strike union will begin again on the 20th of December and run right the way through to uh, January. Uh, they said this would disrupt Oxfam's takings over the Christmas trading period. So it looks like it's the people, Gemma, that man the shops and the people that commit uh, um, perform the admin in their back offices, around about 500 staff. If they don't get what they want, they're effectively gonna nobble the charity over the Christmas period, which of course is when they know it will hurt them the hardest uh, coming into the new year. So it's it's a little bit nasty, isn't it? Well, I think it's indicative of how everything is corporate. Even a charity is corporate and um, corporations will do anything they can. I mean, it's not a corporation, it's a charity, but I'm talking about in terms of its structure. Mm -hmm. um, businesses, which is what Oxfam is, will do everything it can to not pay its staff uh, the going rate um, and, and to keep the chief, chief executive's pockets very well lined and all the middle managers, you know, in, in, in jobs. So I think this is um, a very kind of damning illustration that, you know, even charities are, well, we know that uh, charities are, are, are structured, um, it's all inverted and skewed. And when you make your £10 donation, £9 of that goes into administrative and, and wages, most of which goes to the people at the top, and very little of it trickles down to the bottom. So I think the fact that Oxfam workers, who probably go into it with the best of intentions, if you want to go and work for a charity, you've usually got, got quite a good heart, that enough's enough for even them. And it shows that all businesses treat the staff 
not brilliantly, it has to be said, um, and they, they're, they're making their voices heard for the first time. Maybe they're buoyed up by the rail strikes here in the UK um, and seeing how that hardline action has garnered some kind of deal for money um, and conditions. Um, maybe they've had been spurred on by the doctor strike because that's something we haven't seen, you know, for very you know, ever really here in the UK. So it might be that. I, I'm, I'm quietly kind of heartened that maybe some people on the ground at Oxfam have had their kind of awakenings and thought, no, I'm yeah. going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up for myself. I work bloody hard. I want more money. The cost of living is crippling me. I'm not a charity. I need to earn a living. So that's where I stand on this one. Yeah, and rightly so. Uh, just on a financial, uh, just to give you some numbers here as well, uh, Unite claim that the average wage at Oxfam have actually fallen by 21% in real terms since 2018. And this so-called poverty pay meant some staff were using food banks or unable to afford to pay their rent. Last Friday, which is just past there, an Oxfam spokesperson said that the charity understands the frustration of colleagues who are facing a steeply rising cost of living. Yeah, I don't think the chief executive will be striking. I don't think the board of directors will be striking because somehow uh, I don't think they're feeling the pinch the way these frontline workers are. And of course, big shout out to anybody who actually volunteers with any charities because a lot of uh, charity shops are manned by volunteers, Gemma, who don't get paid at all. They go in there and give up their time and they man the shops and you know, they try and generate a little bit of income for the charity. So massive uh, shout out to those people as well. I think they're the real unsung heroes of the charities because without those people who aren't actually getting recompensed at all, a lot of these shops wouldn't even function in the first place. So uh, unbelievable, the first star has gone. I can hear rock music in the background. I love it. I can hear those drums. I can hear that guitar and we must take a pause, but we will be back after this short break after the news on TNT. So please don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> 